Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. Today, we'll be talking about the TV series Queens of Mystery, as well as the movies Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and The Lost City. <laughs> and I would like everyone to know that I'm taking time out of one of the best softball weekends of the year to record this <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, we will we will be swift so you can get right back to that. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm happy to be here. But if you're a big okay. softball fan, anyone who's listening, the weekend after this comes out, there's still more softball to watch. So <laughs> cool. Yes. So on a totally different note, not softball, <laughs> not really, softball. unless there are characters in this who play softball. No. You've been watching this cute, well, I don't know if it's cute. Tell me about this Queens of Mystery show. It is very cute. Okay. I think you would like this a lot. Mm-hmm. It is a British show. It's available on Acorn, but I actually just bought it on Amazon because it was like $12 for this, for the each series. Mm-hmm. So there are two seasons of six episodes each. They're an hour-ish, and each season of six episodes has three mysteries. So every mystery takes two episodes. So it's sort of like you get three movies in one, kind of. Okay. But the tone is delightful. (laughs) Juliet Stevenson narrates, and it gives it a little bit like of a Pushing Daisies vibe, which is part of the reason I think you would enjoy it. Cute. Yeah. (laughs) It's about a woman named Matilda Stone, who is a detective in a tiny town in England, and she's played by Olivia Vinal. I do have to mention something really weird here, though, because she got recast for the season two, and in season two, she's played by Florence Hall, but I didn't notice it was a different person. (laughs) do they look really that much alike i think if you put them together Uh i would see the differences (laughs) (laughs) were you like not paying attention i started season two and i was like oh her hair like her hair looks different or something like her bangs are longer like something is different but i couldn't really put my finger on (laughs) oh And then finally, I looked it up, but it was a completely different person, which explains it. (laughs) (laughs) But I think they both do a good job. And the reason I saw that the recasting had to happen was just scheduling issues. So it wasn't like the first actress didn't do a good job or anything like that. So I would like to go on record saying they are both good actresses. (laughs) But she like is in her 20s and she's been raised by her three aunts, Jane, Beth, and Kat. So Jane's played by Siobhan Redmond, Beth is played by Sarah Woodward, and Kat is played by Julie Graham. They are all mystery authors. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So what happens is, like, these murders happen in town, and the three aunts, like, always try to insert themselves and help her solve the case. (laughs) Aww. So it's really cute and, like, really relationship-based and everything like that. And it does get a little bit dark, because dark in a story way, not so much in a, like, it's more of a cozy. There's not a lot of blood or anything like that. Mm -hmm. 
Matilda's mom disappeared when she was five or six, somewhere around there, which is why she was raised by her aunts. And there's an overarching question of, you know, what happened to her. And that's part of why Matilda became a detective, because she wants to find out. I will say the one thing that's disappointing is we have 12 episodes so far, and there hasn't been a lot of progress made on that front. So I think that's the one thing that is a little bit frustrating to me. But overall, it kind of keeps me keeps me coming back for more, I guess. So and the other thing is, in the first season, so you've got three big mysteries, and each of them deals with one of the ants, sort of. So in the first mystery, there's a book festival in town, and someone is going to get a mystery writer award of some sort, and Beth is nominated for it. And then what happens is she doesn't win, but the winner gets killed, like, on stage when the lights go out. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) So she is already there, which is part of the reason, you know, she's involved. And then the other aunts are at the festival as well. And they're like, oh, let's try to figure this out from, like, a story perspective. (laughs) Like, who has motive? And, like... (laughs) (laughs) So it's really fun to see like them approach it from one angle and then Matilda approaching it as a detective and her inspector, Inspector Thorne, is played by Martin Treneman. And he has a crush on Jane, but he won't tell her. And there is this kind of running gag where every time he shows up, the narrator is like, what he wanted to say was this. And then he goes into like something emotional and like, intelligent and stuff and then she'll say what he actually said was this and it's just like (laughs) get to work or something (laughs) (laughs) so it's kind of funny so like every time he talks to jane the narrator is like oh he wants to say that you know i want to take you on a date and stuff and what he actually says is like you can't involve yourself in this investigation (laughs) (laughs) so i think that i think that is kind of a fun Thing that adds to the tone of the show. Mm-hmm. And then the second story is one that I think you would really like. So this is episodes three and four in season one, and it's it's centered around Kat's backstory. And she was in an 80s new wave band nice. <laughs> called Volcanic Youth. <laughs> 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 and the band comes back to town, and they're going to record a new album, and they're original singer died at 27 so in back in the 80s i think and they like continued on after that but cat wasn't in the band and then they broke up shortly after so they come back to sort of give it another shot and their new lead singer gets murdered oh no (laughs) yeah (laughs) so this band has very bad luck (laughs) so cat is obviously very interested in figuring that one out And then the third mystery has to do with Jane a little bit because she's really interesting because she is very analytical and she writes sort of futuristic mystery novels. So her main character is like a robot detective, sort of. Oh, fine. And they are putting on a play adaptation of one of her books. And then the main actor gets murdered. (laughs) Oh, no. So like each of these mysteries one aunt is a little bit more involved than the others or a little bit more um 
motivated to find the killer. And then they work with Matilda and she's always like, you can't be here. You can't find this evidence. You can't tell, <laughs> you can't tell the <laughs> inspector that it was you who found it and stuff like that. But it's clear that they all like really love each other and uh, they all love Matilda a lot and Matilda loves them. And then the second season is pretty much the same tone and it's delightful. I think I watched it in like, I watched it all last weekend. (laughs) And the only difference is that the ants aren't, they're still there, but their backstories and histories aren't tied into the mysteries like they were in the first season. Okay. But it's still really enjoyable and the same sort of cozy atmosphere and delightful characters and delightful narration and stuff like that. Um, So I really do think that you would enjoy this a lot. That sounds so cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cute. Yeah. I will try to check that out. I hope you can. Yeah. I'll see if I can recognize that the actress changed. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Well, now that I know. Yeah. yeah, but No, I'm just not very good at that stuff. So (laughs) I was... I have had this, so this is just a side note, on the next season of The Goldbergs, the dad is not going to be in it because he got fired in real life. <laughs> and my jokey solution for this is they should just recast it with someone who doesn't look anything like <laughs> the original actor and not mention it at all. And that would make me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like opposed to recasting. I actually think it's, I think it's better than what a lot of people, a lot of series do which is that they just kill people off yeah but the fact that i didn't recognize it is just like oh (laughs) oh (laughs) geez yeah that's funny but you saw a movie recently that you really really liked yes okay so i like the mcu marvel cinematic universe movies i've been watching them since they started coming out there's been a few i haven't liked as much But this one really struck me for some reason. And um, it's funny because it's the second film in this this particular character's solo movies. And I didn't super duper love the first one. But this one made me actually start reading some of his comics and stuff. So Oh, nice. Which doesn't usually happen with the MCU. I'm kind of like, let's just take it with the movies because there's too much, too much comic book history to get too into that. But I was like, you know, just see there's like a mini series i could read and i have been reading one and it's really good anyway so the movie is dr strange in the multiverse of madness which is based around the character of dr strange um dr strange is played by benedict cumberbatch who people may know as sherlock but he's kind of developed like he's also nominated for oscars on stuff he's a (laughs) he's got his whole side career of being a serious actor but then he does do this (laughs) genre stuff that's much goofier but yeah, I just didn't really love the first Doctor Strange movie. It was fine, but it it was a little slow and had some problems. So I actually yeah. found myself not remembering as much about it. But Doctor Strange has shown up in several of the Avengers movies and one of the Spider-Man movies, the Spider-Man movie that I really, really liked. So seeing him again here, he's developed a lot more as a character. He's a lot more fleshed out. And the tone of this is very different from a lot of the MCU films. Okay. This was directed by Sam Raimi, who did um, some of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, but he's also mostly known as a horror director, and that really comes out here. Okay. Um, this one is probably the scariest MCU movie. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, basically the, the setup, if people are not familiar with the character of Doctor Strange, he's probably not one of the more better known Avengers, but he is a sorcerer who used to be a surgeon, but he had a car accident that damaged his hands, so he couldn't perform surgery anymore. And he was very smug and felt like, my whole identity is this and I can't do anything else. So he learns magic in an effort to regain his hands, but that didn't really happen. Like, long story short, he's developed into being a sorcerer, and that's how he is kind of like existing. And I think he's probably a lot happier, but he's very broody and kind of like the the dark, romantic, tragic figure of the Avengers, basically. Because <laughs> he's all for a girl, too. Like, he's, uh. he's like, like, perpetually sad about losing his ex-girlfriend. Nice. So that's the whole side plot. Anyway, <laughs> this movie, though, kind of, you do probably need to have seen all of WandaVision because it centers on Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, as making the transition from hero to villain. Okay. And that sort of was ramped up in the WandaVision series. But if you want to not watch all of WandaVision, basically the point is that Wanda Maximoff has been also a magic user and is a, is a witch, but she has started using her power for selfish, grief-stricken reasons and wants to figure out how to travel between multiverse, between universes within the multiverse in an effort to gain back her children. She would find a version of herself that still has her children, which don't exist in our universe, Ew. and basically kill off an alternate version of herself so she can just take over that one's identity. Ooh, that's a yeah. lot. <laughs> so, yeah. So Doctor Strange is like, wow, I don't think that's great <laughs> let's not do that and okay so it starts with this character america chavez played by sochi gomez she shows up in the primary universe but with a different version of dr strange hmm. helping her and dr strange encounters them and there's a huge fight with a demon and the other version of dr strange is killed Okay. So our Doctor Strange is like, who are you? Why was this other me protecting you? What's going on? And America has the power to travel between universes, which is not something that you can just do as a sorcerer or as a witch or anything. So Wanda is stalking America to take her power from her so she can travel between universes. All right. Okay. And Doctor Strange, who is not a very... Like, he's pretty stoic. He does have this long-lost love thing, but he is pretty stoic, a little closed off, not very uh, emotionally available. In some versions of him, him in the comics, he's he's portrayed as a little bit of a playboy, but not emotionally invested with people and certainly not very paternal. But he feels terrible because this other him has clearly been protective of America. So he's like, well, okay, I, this is what you've got. So I will protect you. And that's very sweet. They develop kind of a, a, a very nice parent child adjacent relationship. She's lost her parents. He's lost a lot of people. So it's, it's very nurturing and positive, but he's got to protect her from Wanda and Wanda is doing all of her shenanigans out of grief for these kids mm -hmm. that she can't have and so anyway 
it it does get very dark though and very horror tinged because Wanda is using all this dark magic, summoning demons, you know, killing people, sending people to other universes and and trying to kill a teenage girl, which is, you know, upsetting. So a lot of that's why I say this feels more like a horror movie. It feels like like if you stripped away all the Marvel stuff and a lot of the magic stuff, this would feel kind of like a Stephen King novel mm-hmm. where you've got the the good magic guy protecting the magic girl from the bad magic person. <laughs> but that but the witch is using all of this like necromancy and raising, you know, demons and skeletons and there's some zombie imagery and it's it's really creepy. Okay. The music is really good. There's like it's got kind of this weird throwback feel to it in some of in some ways. It feels sort of late 70s in a way, even though that doesn't make sense. It's just a it's just a sense of the style, the way it's filmed, the music, etc. Okay. And there's a lot of really cool Marvel, both film and comic book Easter eggs because you've got multiverses. So you get to see other versions of characters both from like the Sony Marvel verse and from the rest of the regular MCU okay. and from comic books and stuff and people being portrayed in ways that they they haven't been in the MCU. So that part is pretty cool. There's all this like really powerful stuff about grief, which was dealt with extensively in WandaVision, which was part of why I really liked WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very suspenseful and just action packed. And you also see Stephen Strange develop as a character he gets a lot more kind of vulnerable and emotional and you see him becoming more emotionally available throughout the film so okay yeah so it's just i don't know i really really (laughs) dug it and it made me think oh i should get more into this side of it because like i love paranormal fantasy and stuff and this is the closest you're going to get to that in the mcu right and this is much more clearly in that vein in that kind of like light horror, dark fantasy than you get with his first movie, which was a lot more uh, problematically Eastern mysticism mm. in ways that were like right on that edge of like, I don't know. Yeah. The original character of Stephen Strange was invented in the 60s and had been trained by this Asian guru and stuff. And it really like mm-hmm. it doesn't play well now. So once we're past his origin story, that stuff is not really a, a thing anymore. So he's allowed to like not be tied to that that baggage. Elizabeth Olsen is so good here as Wanda. She is just chaos and <laughs> sorrow and yeah. just really, really good. Benedict Wong returns as Wong, who is Stephen's right-hand guy. He's the Sorcerer Supreme, so he's technically... Doctor Strange's boss, sort of, but they're mostly like, like colleagues, basically. Okay. I mean, he's he's been in other of the Avenger movies as well as bits of Shang Chi, and Rachel McAdams returns as Christine Palmer, who is Doctor Strange's ex girlfriend. And yeah, there's a lot of really just fun cameos here. The post credit sequence sets some really exciting things up. Okay. So yeah, it's it's really really fun. It's probably in my top 10 for sure okay of my favorite mcu movies maybe in my top five like but not like number one or anything but yeah but yeah i think i think we could see him taking on maybe not the the biggest leadership role in the avengers but he definitely has 
proceeded, matured, grown as a hero. Okay. And that's really apparent here. That's very cool. I'm glad you liked it so much. Thank you. I hope this comes to Disney Plus soon, so I can, I oh, can watch I think it. it is. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm very interested. Yeah, it's fun. And when I say it's horror-tinged and scary, not like any true horror movie. Yeah. There's one sequence that is kind of disturbing, but that's, yeah, it's it's still kind of got that cartoony, not real feel to it. So <laughs> I think you could, this would not count as one of your horror movies. No, I, yeah, I think I would be fine. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yes. But we both watched a movie that we both really yes. liked a lot. Yeah. We watched The Lost City on Paramount Plus. Yep. Do you want to give a plot synopsis? It's a lot different than Doctor Strange. <laughs> yes, but they're both, I think, ult- well, okay, yeah, it's a lot more lighthearted. This is a romantic comedy action caper. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Like, Yeah, I think that's a very good description. Yeah. Okay. Basically, this is very, very similar to the old 80s movie Romancing the Stone. In fact, it's kind of like a very light remake with some things changed a little bit. So Sandra Bullock plays Loretta Sage, who is a romance novelist who has recently lost her husband. And she's having a little bit of kind of writer's block, kind of just struggling to be really invested in her career anymore. She ends up having a new book come out, but she's just like, ugh, I'm over this. I don't want to go on this book tour. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. And so she she does agree to go on this book tour. And Channing Tatum plays Alan Caperson, who is her cover model. And he himself has a lot of fans who think of him as Dash McMahon, Loretta's <laughs> book, his serious hero. And... During their their appearance at this book convention or whatever, um, Loretta gets kidnapped by Daniel Radcliffe, who is playing eccentric billionaire Abigail Fairfax, which is the weirdest name ever. But all of his brothers have have traditionally girls' names, but he insists that they are all unisex names. Like Leslie is one of his brothers. Yes, and maybe yeah. Evelyn. I don't remember the other. One. I don't. I don't remember what all the what all these names were but that was just weird he seems very offended by her saying like oh abigail and he's like that's it's a very masculine name yeah but this is daniel radcliffe being not very harry potter-esque <laughs> well he kidnaps loretta because she actually is like she's got an anthropology doctorate or something and actually used to do all this research on this thing called the lost city of d which she based her novel on Abigail is trying to find this ancient city's lost treasure. And he thinks that Loretta can translate this map for him. And she's kind of politely declining, but he's like, Oh, well, no, haha, we're just gonna straight up kidnap you. And you don't have a choice in this. (laughs) And she's wearing, you want to talk about what she's wearing when she gets kidnapped? (laughs) Because it's almost a character unto itself. Yes. She is wearing this like skin tight, pinkish purple, like sequined leotard thingy (laughs) (laughs) or or suit it's a complete like bodysuit and yeah she hates it and she's like i can't even really sit in it and her i don't remember if it's her manager or someone or publisher but beth played by divine joy randolph who is a joy in this role but she made her wear this and was like it's a rental (laughs) so they've got to get it back (laughs) 
in the same condition that they borrowed it it in. Yes. Um, but she's wearing this like the whole movie almost. Yes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. Yeah. And I think they make very good use of it at different points. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but so she gets kidnapped to this island city and... Yeah, Beth, her publisher, and Allison is her social media manager, played by Patty Harrison, who I always love. Every time we see her, she's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, we have to rescue her. The cops are not being helpful. And so Alan is like, oh, I know this guy named Jack. He like trained me at some like spa retreat or something, and he, he can find anybody. So they hire this guy, Jack Trainer who's played by Brad Pitt, to go find Loretta. But Atlan cons his way into going with Jack to go rescue her. Yes. And Alan and Loretta had sort of like a an awkward, uncomfortable interaction. And Alan doesn't think that Loretta likes him. And I think he's very much like, I have to prove myself to her, mm-hmm. which is why he, he goes along. But he's... He's very uh, prepared differently than Jack is. Yes, yes. Jack is all business. He's very capable. He's a big fighter. He's totally, you know, ready to go. And Alan, Alan is like, you know, very buff and stuff, but it's clearly like he's not a jungle person. He's not going to like, he's very, he's a himbo. He's a poor little himbo and he is not prepared. He's wimpy. He can't fight. He can't do anything. He's very scared of everything. And he's, yeah, he's just not, he's not the Dash McMahon that he plays on these book covers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he, like, I don't, I say all that. He's not actually stupid. He's just out of his element. Like, this is a guy who's probably lived in cities mostly in in his adulthood and he is thrown into this jungle environment trying to track somebody and he can't do it so it's not that's not his job you know yeah like i i would not be able to do that either no 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 but it's just he is not trained for that he's not trained for that just the contrast though is pretty funny and so Mm -hmm. they they go to try to find her and she's also trying to rescue herself and i don't know how much we can spoil it's just one of those movies where individual plot points are less important than the the charm and mm-hmm. the charisma between the, the actors and the characters and a lot of things that they're looking for are kind of technically MacGuffins. It's not really that important, but it's this, you know, adventure of trying to get to this goal and, you know, whether people find love along the way is just something that may happen or whatever. But yeah, and there's a lot of cute appearances by random veteran character actors. Oscar Nunez mm-hmm. shows up as a pilot uh, Bowen Yang is the moderator of this book show that they're doing. And yeah, it's just really, really funny. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have other things you want to say about it? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think you're totally correct. Like the individual details aren't what makes this movie really fun. It's just overall very fun. And I think it's so clear that the cast was having fun doing it. Oh, yeah. And that's always enjoyable to watch. Like, Daniel Radcliffe is just, like, chewing the scenery. Yes. And it's like, yes. you're having so much fun right now. <laughs> oh, yes. He clearly really enjoys playing the comic villain. Mm-hmm. He's never gotten to play that kind of character before. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to see, not that the roles are reversed between Loretta and Alan, but Loretta is older and she's very much, like, 
she's out of her element in the jungle as well, but she's also more capable than he is. Yes, yes. And, like, freaks out less. Yes. Like, she's been an archaeologist. She's done, like, digs in remote places. But also, it's still, like, she's not, you're not supposed to be doing that in heels and a sequin jumpsuit and without supplies or food or shelter. (laughs) So it's, like, still kind of... You know, you're on the run from the bad guys in this environment. Yes. But yeah, it's, I don't want to dwell too much on this, but in real life, Sandra Bullock is 16 years older than Channing Tatum, and they do not even act like that is a thing. Mm-hmm. And that is really, really refreshing. And yeah, I think we need to normalize, you know, a variety of, of age permutations of people that are allowed to be considered the romantic pairing without it being weird. So Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely, I like that aspect of it. And even though Alan is a big character, he's one, I mean, he's one of the main characters, but I do think it is more Loretta's story mm-hmm. and her character journey and stuff like that. So I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. There was a lot of moments where I actually also was really emotionally touched. I don't know, just her journey of getting over grief <laughs> like the complete opposite reaction of of wanda maximoff so she's (laughs) trying to process it in a much more healthy way and stuff and that was very touching and moving and like a lot of this is about moving on from a great loss so yeah that was very moving yeah it's just a lot of fun i would watch it would you watch a sequel oh absolutely yeah yeah i'm probably gonna watch this again at some point But, well, and I, I'm hesitant to do this because I'm worried it would not hold up. But I mentioned it's kind of quasi-based on Romancing the Stone, which is from 1984. Mm-hmm. And the people in that were Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. And she is the romance novelist, but she is much more of the Alan character. And that it's that mm-hmm. Michael Douglas is the capable, like, archaeologist or whatever. Because even that is kind of a... a satire of indiana jones so these all go back to that Mm -hmm. but romancing the stone i remember watching as a kid and thinking it was so cute and funny and similar kinds of setup but i worry that it may be problematic in ways that i don't want to think about (laughs) yeah Yeah. well there's only one way to find out Uh, uh, maybe i'll just let that live in my memory and that's all okay Yeah, forget that one. Just watch this one again. Yes. We'll be fine. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next week, we'll be talking about the movies The 355, The Atom Project, and the TV series Tell Me Your Secrets. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can email us at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And you can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store. And please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.